The following content is by two people who can't wait to get that face of the company money, that diverse face of the company money. Start the show. Everybody trying to be the new the new black face of some shit. It has not escaped my notice that Wendy's has a nigga right out front in those commercials. I gotta pay more attention. They've been yeah, they got that all them like all them commercials where um the 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 basketball players would be sleeping at Wendy's and shit. Uh, Reggie, Reggie Miller. Miller. I see what you're saying, yeah. That that has trans they've transitioned out of that to the black dude that's always talking about the mm-hmm. he's the new face of all that shit. Oh, the manager, the, the sh- manager, the, dude, the shift the, manager. Is now. Yeah, the shift leader is who just pushes that little white boy around. He's the new face of that shit now. Yeah, hey, get your money, black man. I I again not mad. The Popeyes lady been doing it for a minute. Yeah, well. Yeah, she, she had. <laughs> she 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 still you know she's still on the on the on the verge with me. Yeah, she she's a she's a, a half step into Loretta Divine. Oh no, you know away from from being a little too sassy. I, so I'm gonna go in and pull out Loretta Divine because that's my mama friend. It's <laughs> my mama. That's my mama's high school friend, and put in. Octavia Spencer. Name name something where Octavia Spencer was not centered as a almost mammy type situation. Give me a moment, please. Because <laughs> every time I see Octavia Spencer, she looked like she just mm-hmm and some shit. <laughs> They, they did that shit. You know what? You know how bad it is. They did that shit to her in Divergent. I was about to say Snowpiercer, but no, nope, nope. The Shape of Water. I haven't watched Shape of Water actually. Either have I. Surprise. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually a little disappointed with myself because I hear it's really good, and I'll watch anything with Del Toro involved. Uh, let's see what we. Yeah, got here. yeah. It's a little rough, isn't it? As a matter of fact, the first memory I have of Octavia Spencer is just a bit part in SWAT, which is the most pro-cop shit you could ever watch, where, where LL Cool J was manhandling some little boy that he had to chase down. And, and she's just sitting on her porch, sweeping in a moo-moo, talking about hauling, hauling young black men off to jail, ain't you? Just just perpetuating the cycle. And LL Cool J looks at her and goes, Oh yeah, you ain't gonna be so you ain't gonna be so liberal when he breaking in your house, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, my ass. Hidden figures. Ah. Okay. I'll give you that one. Ah. Okay. 
All right, yeah. Let's go ahead and give yeah, give him he he pulled that one out. Give him give him a round of applause. Dinner for Schmucks. She was funny in that. Maybe I have to watch. Okay, I have to watch that. Who's in that? Uh Steve Carell, a bunch of other white folks. Oh, okay. The Judd Apatow verse, I imagine. Uh-huh. Um, niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the weak and foolishness of fuckery. I am your boy Oz. And I am the gap in Octavia Spencer's teeth. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. That was uncalled for. That was not nice. That was uncalled. That for. was not nice. No, no. We can't be pro black women and, and get that one off. She played Madam C.J. Walker. In the Netflix limited series, Self Made. Now. Okay. All right. Fair now. enough. Fair enough. Okay. You win. I'll give you that. It was fair nominated enough. for a primetime Emmy. It was? Holy Apparently shit. Apparently so. Holy shit. All right. I, all right. I, I, I can admit when I'm wrong. It's all good. Um, we still going to get off of Loretta, Loretta Divine, though. <laughs> Ooh, uh, baby, she did kind of. Mm-hmm. So we go. She did kind of. Mm-hmm, so you have So you haven't watched P Valley then? No. Okay. Watch any episode of P Valley with Loretta Divine in it, and see if you're still protective of her like that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm gonna start that shit too. I'm gonna start yeah, it. I, you, you don't have to invest too much in it. It's not no. good. <laughs> now let's 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 get that straight. It is not recommended viewing. No. Okay. It is not good. Okay. I mean, some of the strippers look nice. I'm sure you can appreciate <laughs> orchestrated, you know, stunt stripping. Oh, of course. Yes. But absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is not a spoiler, but Loretta Devine plays a blind grandmother that oh, smokes shit. weed. And oh yeah. Oh man. Okay. Your mother, will, your mother will not claim her after this. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> in this episode. 195. 195. I think, yeah. Yeah, we're closing in, man. Closing in on the big number, man. Uh, Xavier Hunter actually did ask where the whether it, where the Patreon meet and greet would be if there would be a Patreon meet and greet. We have no idea. Maybe we have to start discussing that. <laughs> um, I do want to get drunk for 200, though. Um, so, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, how was your week, man? Um, mental health 1 to 10. Uh, about eight and a half, nine. Still, still up there. Right still up there. We're still up there. Still holding it down. Good you strong know. number. Okay. You know, getting my getting my sleep, doing my vitamins. Hell yeah. Um, you know, all all those good things. I don't. I don't. Nothing has really changed between last week and this week. So I'm I'm still holding strong. How about yourself? I'm gonna start reinvesting in vitamins. I when the like when the when the pandemic really started hitting and I wasn't as active and I wasn't going places. I I did and it it may I I just maybe I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't get in the right ones. Maybe I wouldn't get enough bang for my buck. Uh, but I'm gonna start reinvesting in it. I'm gonna look into that. Um, my week was interesting. Um, uh, I, I lost a dear friend. Okay. Um, Sorry to hear that. Uh, lost a dear friend from back in the that I've known from back in the poetry days. She passed, um, and I had a lot. It was fucked up because I had a lot of plans for getting being accomplished and productive 
through the week, and it just it took a lot out of me, and I I had to really. I had to really analyze that, and I had to really sit with that for a second and process. Um, and one thing I did to kind of occupy my mind, which was not the thing I probably should have been doing at the time, uh, you know, I was, I was filling out applications and shit. I was applying to places, and just the job market, applying to places always kind of takes the wind out of your sails a little bit. Um. You need certification for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, certifications that I had never heard of over the years, um, depending on the job. And just kind of seeing what you're up against will take a lot out of you. So I, I, have, to, I have to remember to do that in beats. Makes sense. Um, so that took a lot out of me mentally. Um, and just really sitting with my friend with the memories I have of my friend, which are all good. Um, she sat, she stood by me through a lot of things that I was going through in my poetry days um, that I probably should, without her, I think I would have been drinking through. Mm. Um, And it was, that was really when I learned some self-discipline as far as that and running to the bottle for things. Um, I couldn't have done it without her. Um, she she believed in she believed in you. She wanted the best for you. She wanted the best in everybody. Um, even when it looked like maybe you weren't going to come back from the dark side, she believed in you. Um, it there's not a lot of people out here like that. Um, so her there a, a lot of, her light is definitely missed among a lot of people. Yeah. So that was a, that made for a rough week. I would call my mental health at this moment a seven to a seven point five. Um, but I'm allowing grace for that too. Given the emotional things thing I've had to deal with, cherish your friends. Tell them you love them. Absolutely, man. Um, shout out to the new listeners. What the fuck are y'all doing here, man? What are y'all doing here? I, especially after that little uh, soliloquy, the fuck are y'all still doing here? I I have to have fucked up your buzz. Uh, they're probably stuck in traffic aboard at work. Also true. Also true. <laughs> There's a, we, there, there are worse things than death. Yeah. There are worse things than death, and one of them is being in traffic in Houston. <laughs> That's my meditation time. <laughs> Just because I know I'm going to be stuck there. Um, shout out to the new listeners, um, the old listeners, the first times, the long times, the last times. Uh, shout out to all my people on SoundCloud. Uh, uh, where are we? Uh, Google, Spotify, iHeart, a bunch of motherfucking places. Um, all of them. All of them. Uh, anywhere quality content is disseminated. Shout out to all my niggas on Patreon. Yep. Shout out to our newest member uh, of the Patreon crew, Mr. Greg Black. What up? Our latest drinking buddy. Um, I'm gonna come out with you know what? I'm gonna do some more merch um, over the next month and see see about having that ready for the fall time. Let's go. Um, oh, also fall summer. Oh no, fall summer. Uh, fall winter merch coming soon. Um, anybody else? Uh, shout outs. Oh yeah, and of course, rest in peace. 
my dear wonderful friend Rashonda, mm-hmm. um, your light will be your light will be always will always be remembered and celebrated. Uh, always a smile on your face. Nobody's ever had a bad thing to say about you. And if they did, I'd slap the shit out of them. Um, love you. Rest well. Your fight's over. Um, it's up to us now. Um, giving out flowers to the living. Giving out flowers while people are here. Flowers this week go to Shikari Richardson. Oh yeah, the young, the young goddess. Uh, defeated the fastest woman alive with a lace front. Man, <laughs> lace front be flawless too. Just that glue got to be impeccable, fam. It, it it's literally holding up against the speed of sound now. Yeah. Like she defeated the fastest woman alive. Well, well I believe is significantly older. Well. Not significantly, but definitely a, a, a separate age bracket. Um, I want to bring this up because none of you niggas are discussing this. When I say none of you, because last time I remember Shakari Richardson, y'all clowned the fuck out of her. She lost a match, and y'all and and y'all clown y'all clown her to no fucking end. It was it, it was it was promoted everywhere. Um, it was all over. There were tons of articles and links talking about how she lost, and y'all ate it up and clowned the shit out of that girl. Now that she's won against a significant opponent, it's like she's like, I, it's like now it's crickets. Now y'all ain't got shit to say. Now there's no promotion about it. There's no nothing out there. I want y'all to start keeping the same energy. You know they're not. I feel like this girl is back. I feel like you know I, I, I feel like she's back to being a contender. Well, she's always been one. I mean, she's always been she's always been faster. It's just that nobody wants to touch her because of the the weed shit. The shit she went through. But as she starts smoking everybody again, no pun intended. Uh, Y'all gonna be back on her nuts? Yeah, I mean they 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 won't be able to help. They're not going to talk about the person that came in second place all the time. Right. Second right. place from Jamaica. Right. Uh, Shirley Ann, whatever. <laughs> you know. And you know, they're not going to talk about second place. So they they got to get off that shit, man. And, and, and it's just, it's just, it's disheartening to see with black women. Because y'all try to act like Serena was washed. And what I, what may be her last tour Mm -hmm. she beat like the number two person in the world she still got it she i will say she has not missed a beat she still got that shit and like we said before she's going out before she can be really be considered a wash you niggas are just haters you niggas are just haters because there's a strong argument for her being the greatest athlete ever (laughs) That's a that's yeah. a heavy conversation that not enough of you niggas are having. Oh, but you will. <laughs> oh, you will. Yeah. ESPN gonna be right back on her nuts come Monday morning. Steven ain't gonna be talking that shit. I'm just saying, we know football season's back in, so Stephen A is back in the office. Well, that shit should just slide off his forehead. <laughs> Um, 
So one time for one time for the for the young god. Uh keep smoking these haters. Um going into humans ain't shit. It's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of shit where y'all are just fucking haters lately, man. Cause humans ain't shit is definitely that. I implore you niggas. This week's humans ain't shit. Leave genuine alone. <laughs> For the love of God. Y'all hate when people get old. Y'all hate it. It's weird. And he ain't even I mean he's fifty one. So he he's not even like is fifty one? Yeah. He looks fantastic. Yeah, like he's not twenty anymore. Correct. And that's and that's the part that I think is unfair. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Genuine <clears throat> has been out touring again. Um clearly won't be touring again with uh uh Tank and Tyrese <laughs> after that bullshit. Because, uh, you know, and that, you know, Tank's retiring and mm-hmm. uh, Tyrese is fighting child support again. <laughs> um, so, Gene Wiseman out touring, getting that bread. And, you know, he's he's older, so he's not doing all the spastic dance moves he was doing back in the day. And he's been doing, and, you know, he was clowning. He was clearly acting up, cutting up on stage. And he did, and he was doing some little goofy dancing, and it has become a meme forever. And people talking about uh, how genuine used to look versus how he looks now, right? Calling him an uncle and all that shit, fam. What people don't realize, yes, genuine used to be kind of a across the board sex symbol. That was also back when he was like twenty, right? Like he was twenty. Other crazy part, he had is, a metabolism, right? Well, the other crazy part is the folks that are talking shit about him look worse than him. Agreed, because Wine looks amazing for fifty. I didn't know he was fifty-one. Like y'all ain't up there getting it like he's getting it. And Not at all. A lot of these same women who are talking shit about him would still give him the business. Y'all would still fuck one hundred percent. Y'all just would one fuck. body roll. I was and saying, y'all be like, oh, and y'all like them when they get that gray in they in their beard anyway. What what kills me as a as a an elder millennial? What kills me is that a lot of people talking shit about genuine and his dance moves and shit. Y'all done had bad knees since thirty, right? Our, my gener- one of the things my generation consistently complains about is how your knees just stop working on you for no reason. I mean, for some reason, but how your knees your knees. Most of our knees have been fucked up since 30 and 32. Yes. Period. Um, y'all ain't doing half of what Genuine was doing on stage. Y'all wish y'all could do that much. I've seen y'all in the club. I have. Y'all, y'all literally praise and worship Megan Thee Stallion for having working knees. She's still young. She's still young. She is still young. But that's. I remember that was a lot of the first thing 30-year-olds were like, damn, Megan's knees, boy. That's, that's when you know you get old when you when you start it, it it starts being about people having bigger titties or having uh or having a, a having abs just having functioning knees and y'all niggas fixed your mouth to talk about genuine fam y'all want to look that good at 51 do white people have the same energy for for their never. people never okay never I don't think so 
Never. Because Iggy, you... Iggy Pop been looking like a zombie <laughs> since he was about 23. <laughs> Ig- oh boy, Iggy Pop looked like he definitely got the curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah. He, I, and, and white people do not do this. White people get to rock the fuck out forever. Mick Jagger looks like he could fall over and disintegrate at any moment. Fam. Y'all ain't talking shit about him. Fam, the only thing keeping Keith Richards together is whatever that medallion the the red woman had in Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that that Keith Richards is still alive is just because all the drugs he has taken over the years have just embalmed his insides. And y'all let these motherfuckers rock well into their 70s and 80s we don't we don't get to do this. And what's fucked up about it is we don't get to celebrate we don't celebrate people getting old. Now y'all will celebrate uh with the except with some exceptions, aka uh Angela Bassett. Mm. Always needs to be celebrated. Mm. Jesus Christ. Mm. I was watching how Stella got her groove back. If if there is one thing I wish I had the patience for, it would be to do a podcast where it's just me explaining movies to my mother <laughs> and my mother explaining her perspective of what random scene she's watching. Listening to my mother, because my mother never saw Stella Got a Groove Back. And so I clearly just watch it for a couple of reasons. I just watched the first half because it's all sexy and it's all Angela Bassett fawning over a, a very short man um, who does not deserve to stand next to her. My mother saw me watching it and all she knows is that was about Terry McMillan. And I was too young for the real story of Terry McMillan for real and how she got her groove back, which did not end the way the movie did. Yeah. Um, hilarious. My mom was clowning the fuck out of this movie because she was like, she was just looking at Tay Diggs' character like, so is this? So in real life, would this be where he left? Where he left and hooked up with his boyfriend and came back the next morning? <sighs> My mom acted a fucking fool about this. Damn. But yeah, Angela Bassett would be an exception as to us celebrating age. Um, we don't, we could, but we definitely don't give her the same energy that we would give. Is Cicely, is Cicely Tyson still alive, right? I think biologically, yes. <laughs> the Randall. She is. What the fuck? <laughs> but. My bad. I'm thinking. Yes, she is. I, my, 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 my venom was for, for Dionne Warwick. I'm sorry. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll take that. No, Cicely Tyson. I'm fine. Yes. I, she, but wait, is she? I think so. I think so. She's mad old. She's like she's like in her eighties. But yeah. yeah. Um, but we don't. Very rarely do we celebrate, especially our black men. And given that our legends die so early, Genuine is fifty one. I think DMX was right at fifty when he died. Sean Price didn't make it to fifty. Yeah. Black Rob. I don't think he made it to 50. I don't think so, yeah. And the way we lose our greats in terms of black men, 
and we clown when black when I mean the rock's like half black but he's definitely 50 he's he's either 49 or 50 he's knocking on the door I just don't feel like it's right that we clown uh, celebrate that man acting a fucking fool up there y'all definitely celebrate uh cuz white people do this all the time David Lee Roth was on the VMAs for no reason last year in 2021. And he ain't kicked high since 89. <laughs> and if y'all and if they can celebrate David Lee Roth and Cindy Lauper and Kurt Loder, who's got to be hitting 80 something. Kurt Loder's always been old. <laughs> <laughs> He was old when he was young. Yeah, he's like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I'm just saying, they, they do this all the time. All that Willie Nelson, man old. We love when Willie Nelson show up somewhere. I saw that. Actually, I saw that on the VMAs this year, uh, last week. Cheech and Chong showed up somewhere for just some reason. Wow. And were celebrated. Tommy, but we don't do that for our people. Tommy Chong's still alive? Yeah. Okay. He is. I mean, slight, like, he's getting on slightly less good than Cheech, but okay. yes. Um, But I just, I don't think that's right. I don't. We don't, I, we, I don't know what it is about black people where we don't celebrate the old people in our pop culture. I, I really want someone to explain that to me. I want, I, I wish I had someone's perspective on that. But for some reason, we don't do it the way white people do. And I hate to be that guy that goes, oh, well, white people. But I think that's a valid conversation. Shout out to Elgin Lumpkin. Keep doing your thing. Elgin Lumpkin. No wonder we called him genuine. <laughs> uh, song of the week. Um, y'all are relatively unknown. Uh, some of y'all been on me about. Uh, hitting y'all with some, hitting y'all with some real putting y'all breaking some music, as I would say. This is oh yeah, I'll do this one. This is Rael with yeah 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 yeah. Uh, go ahead, and pour yourself something, get comfortable. Uh, we're gonna have a good, we're gonna have a good episode. We'll be back in a few minutes with more opinions while black. Let's go.
That was Yeah, Yeah, Yeah by Rael. Nice little, actually, that was a nice little summer bop. Slapping him. Yeah, I like that. Slapping him. That's, that's, that's some shit you can, you can ride in the streets with your girl, too. Slapping these hoes, silly. Yeah, man, I, 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 I was feeling that. Uh, also, notable, uh, it's like three minutes long, barely, mm-hmm. managed, to, managed to get in two good... V- Two good rounds of the traditional verse, bridge, chorus that we don't see very often anymore. <laughs> I, was, I was appreciative of that. Um, let's see what's in the rundown. Oh, so last week I would have said, I didn't get to say it last week when we were talking about Ari Spears and his anti-Lizzo fuck shit. One of the things I thought was hilarious was that that if you had asked me last week, I would have said that that was prob that would probably be the most we or anyone else ever ever talks about Ari Spears for the length of his career. I did not expect to be wrong today. So. Tiffany Haddish, in particular, is being sued for, I want to say, child abuse. Uh, at the very least, um, because of a skit, a video that her and Ari Spears filmed for Funny or Die. One, that tells you how old it is, because huh? I don't think Funny or Die has existed or been funny in quite some time. Um where I don't want to I don't want to get too deep in the weeds about what the video was showing but basically it was basically it was it was about pedophiles and they had an actual child barely clothed in the video mm-hmm. and for the because honestly I didn't want to watch it at all but out of intellectual curiosity as to what we're talking about and to know, know something about what we're talking about. We watched like 30 seconds. Yeah. And that was too much to be honest. Yeah. Like we, we both were like, uh, it was, it was supposed to be like 
you know, through the eyes of a pedophile or something right. like that. Like eh. one, just off of premise. Yeah, we don't need that. Not at all. Yeah, and it, and, and anyway, there, there's it was nasty. Yeah, there, there's really not a way I could I could. I don't have the stomach to even come up with humor like that. My humor gets pretty dark a lot of yeah. times in, in very, in very closed company. Not that dark. Uh, yeah. It, it doesn't get that dark. And you know, if you know, funny or die, funny or die used to try to do a lot of things that were satirical and, and yeah. kind of push the boundaries. It's one thing to talk about pedophilia. It's another thing to do a sketch with a, with like a, a toddler girl in a diaper and going through the steps. Yeah, and, and it's and that's just one of and those apparently things. it got worse than that. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't need to see that. And that. the and the, the young people involved were um apparently quoted many times as having been uncomfortable filming it and as having grown up now. Um they them they and their family have been apparently pursuing legal action against Tiffany Haddish for a for a few years now, apparently. Mm. Um, my thing about and and my thing is, it's just, it's it's hard to it. I didn't expect it to be that. I expected to be that one for what we saw to be the starting point, right? And it, having been told uh, by other people that it gets worse and worse than that, that's just wrong. It is. And right. No matter how you dice it up, no matter in the, I know there's a lot of people defending in the interest of comedy. Maybe not with this, mm-hmm. but I know there's been a, a lot of backlash in the in, in comedic circles about being able to express yourself how you want. Right. When you're when you're putting an actual child in a position like that, that's when I think. I think there should be some some boundaries, and sometimes. And it's, at one point, I questioned. I was like, sometimes, do I think we encourage that when when they have those kind of baked uh, videos of young people cursing and saying some of the shit they say? Maybe this is too much, and. I, you know, I, I wanted to. I didn't know exactly. They've been doing. They've been dragging Tiffany Hash kind of bad about this. I think we might see a real deal cancellation here. <laughs> we'll see, but it's fuck. I, the one thing I do think is funny is that this. Oh, this we only caught this culturally because people because Ari Spears was being dragged and people were looking for old dumb shit that he had said or done. And this came up on someone's radar. Yeah. And it it's crazy to think that something as egregious as this could be considered Tiffany Haddish basically catching a stray in people firing off on on Ari Spears. Um That's why you got that's why he you didn't gotta, look well then. That's why you gotta watch the people close to you, man. Watch watch who you associate with, watch who you fuck with, because you know what they say can always come back to haunt you later if you're associated with it. Correct. Also, not for nothing, this is a reminder, and this should be a. a at this point, it's almost weekly reminders that the internet is not written in pencil. Hmm. The internet is written in ink, stone, <laughs> chiseled in stone. Correct. 
Um, because I know Ari Spears was not was not ready for this to come back on him. Because after he said that that Lizzo shit, he was he was seen on social media again being strong and wrong and being ten toes down on that shit. And said y'all can suck. And basically was like y'all can suck my dick. I said what I said. I think he's gonna take some of that bass out of his voice in the next week or so. I'm willing to bet. Um, you don't want to be a nigga on the wrong end of some pedo shit. You do not. Shit, tell that to niggas. Tell that to every nigga that raps. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> to maybe. Maybe Africa Barbada needs a refresher course. You know, I mean, shit. And that's a part of it, too. I, You know, and now that you said that, that is a part of it that some, for so long, part of why that shit flourished was because we thought just not saying anything and ignoring that shit was a weapon. Well, I don't fuck with that nigga. Nobody I know fucks with that nigga. Yeah, but even if nobody fucked with him, he'd still be doing it in some facet or another. Oh. Even if they had no help, they'd still be nasty some way, somehow. Truth always comes to the surface. This is true. That's what we learned from it. This is true. The internet is written in stone, period. Um... What else is going on? What else is uh oh I wasn't so I wasn't gonna put this in the rundown originally because at face value it was just more fuck shit. And like I said, I've been trying to spare Randall the fuck shit. <laughs> you just don't want to burn your co-host out, man. Like you know, it's so easy to default to, but you also you don't want to burn your co-host out. And if it were not for me in this in this platform, he would never know about any of this. It would be a passing joke in his group chat. Yeah, you've you've definitely exposed me to a lot of shit that I uh, <laughs> wish I had not been exposed. You to. know, so four years later, I try to take care of his mental. I try to help lend some taking care of his mental health. Um, having said that, this is some Houston shit. We some Houston niggas. We have to report on trade of truth and zero. And this and and this beef in this beef hitting ahead. Let me say first, as a uh, as a lifelong resident of Southside, yeah, yeah, hate to see it. You hate to see it, man. You, you know, you you don't want people to see the family fighting. It's true. Uh, you know, you you don't want to see that, especially not two icons of the South like, of, of of the South Side like this. No, one made a song called Mo City Dawn. Oh, man. The other one made a song called I Hate You, Bitch. Trunk full of funk. I hate you, bitch. Oh, yeah. Ah! Classic. Come on, y'all. Northside never did anything like that. Listen, listen. Name all my Northside niggas. Danny gonna be mad in the motherfucker. All my Northside people. Name a Northside anthem. Name a Northside anthem that can be played in any venue in Houston. I I will wait. Oh, they they gonna name something by Paul Wall. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. It is what it is. Paul Wall. 
Paul Wall went to school on the south side. I don't want to hear that shit. That nigga went to Gulf Shores. Paul Wall was always over here in Cloverland recording shit before he got big. You're right. <laughs> I was there. Come on, y'all. Man, I remember that nigga was at summer school in Gulf Shores. Y'all get the fuck out of here. Johnny Dang and TV Jewelry is on the southwest side. Let's go. The fuck are you talking about? Um, yeah, south south side is 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 the is the, is the tastemaker uh, for pretty much all of Houston. Just if you've never been here, now you know. And dare someone to challenge the assertion. Dare you? Um. So Trade the Truth and Zero. Now, for those of you outside of Houston, Trade the Truth and Zero, they're cousins, right? They're they're like vaguely related. Um, in the way that all niggas cousins. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they were a click back and they were a rap click back in the day. Yeah. And of course they came to be icons in their own rights individually, which is what a lot of the H Town clicks usually went on to do. Mm-hmm. Um apparently they have been having some some beef for some time and as most H Town beef does, it it came to a head in a parking lot. <laughs> if I'm just being honest. Um apparently uh Trader Truth Trader Truth's click jumped uh zero. Mm-hmm. In a parking lot outside of uh, this was outside of Fifty Cent event, right? Yeah, one of the fifties events that he had in Houston over the last week for so, some reason. Yeah, because um, he lives here now. I was yeah he got yeah he got some he that nigga got land here. That nigga's yeah. probably still living in Connecticut. And, you know he's got a partnership with Worthing High School, which is walking distance from my crib. So ah, uh, you know, Fifty be out here in Sunnyside. I guess it, it reminds him of Sunnyside Queens. <laughs> in name only In name only And so outside the venue um, They caught Zero slipping And they jumped him It's on camera They tried to act Now there was a There were people that tried to act like Oh we don't know that it was a There was a jumping Only because the first The first camera footage we saw Was Zero crouched down In the protective position mm-hmm. Now any real nigga Now any real nigga from the hood Knows that if you see a nigga that's been down in the protective positioning, uh, one could call almost the fetal position, uh, any nigga from the hood will tell you that is the primary go-to emergency getting jumped positioning. Cover your face. Cover your face. Because you at least don't want to look like you got your ass whipped. Exactly, because they're kicking you. And so TMZ, well, TMZ good. I, you say TMZ is TMZ is on it because twenty four hours later, at least twenty four hours later, <laughs> there was footage of uh, from another perspective mm-hmm. of them tagging this nigga. I don't know. Maybe they didn't just really tag it. They, they didn't look like they were just hitting him that hard. They weren't putting them fifth war bees on. Well, they, they were all. Smallish kind of dude, so yeah. Even if they were swinging hard, they weren't hitting hard. Yeah, I because I, I I know what that's like because I've seen I've definitely seen uh, niggas in my big nigga clique getting jumped by cappers. Yeah, uh, so I, I know what it's like when little niggas is trying to tag you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I see. Um, shout out to the cappers uh, with no. their. 
with their candy canes and no. handkerchiefs. <laughs> no. Grown men with handkerchiefs. Anyway, um, just and so at first glance, now we now we did see interviews from them both in the um after the, after the fact. Um, I'm pretty sure Zero talked to Isaiah Carey at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that should come as a shock to no one. Isaiah Carey is he has really been monetizing that brand. It's the master of the code switch towards niggotry. You should talk about it. yeah. That's true. You're right. You're right. And first, trade of truth. We so I don't even know how to describe trade of truth's response because it was a lot of bullshit. <clears throat> It was just a fi- some family business, man. It was some family business, you know. Uh, you know, it's some family business that been handled, you know, from, you know, over ten years, over ten, fifteen years, man. And you know, uh, we had a conversation just last night for two hours after that, man. You know, and I was like, uh, yeah, all right. What 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 does zero have to say? It was probably long overdue. <laughs> <laughs> No, we should have probably talked about it 10, 15 years ago. And what's I, fucked up is that was man. probably the PR cooked version. Why do we talk so slow, man? Don't you know? It's the syrup. <sighs> it's all the codeine, <sighs> if you ask. Um, And Zero's response was not too much different. It was definitely from a place of forgiveness. I did see something else where he said he would not be pressing the issue because it would let his fans down. That's the part that really bothered me. Well, that's smart of him. That's smart of both of them. That, now, to, to that, not press the issue, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. But he also said he would not forgive or let it go because it would let the fans down. You know what else would let the fans down? One of you dumb niggas turning up dead. <laughs> Y'all... You niggas, and like I said, I was gonna let this go because at first glance, it's just it, it's just some messy bullshit. But Zero and Trader Truth are icons. They actually do things in the community. They are too old for this bullshit. Entirely too old. All them niggas looked a hard forty. Are you fucking kidding me? Y'all are as visible as y'all are. Y'all getting money like y'all are. And y'all still jumping niggas in the parking lot, dog? Why, bro? And y'all family? Like I said, niggas are cousins in the same way. Niggas are always cousins. Because <laughs> I can tell you, any of my cousins, yeah, we might throw hands. But we're going to throw hands out, outside the house and let that be done. We're gonna go out in the backyard, we're gonna we're gonna pull up our pants, and we're gonna we're gonna fight for a few minutes and get tired and let that be that. And go back inside and have a beer. You niggas is you niggas is really strong and wrong. I wish my mama would find out I went and found some niggas to jump my cousin. <laughs> some unrelated niggas too. No. No, fam. Y'all are too old for this shit. Y'all got kids. What the fuck? And 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 I passed over it last week 
But it has not escaped my notice that Benny the Butcher and Freddie Gibbs is doing the same shit, and they definitely too old for this shit. And then forties doing this shit. Fam. And what I part of what I don't and, and what what's coming together for me as far as these rap beefs go is that the disconnect is because the there's a there's a different relationship to the generation before. See, like I I see now like it you had mentors back in the day. Maybe not mentors, but you definitely had old heads that encouraged you to stop this shit. Oh jeez. You had your OG, you had your big homie, you had your big brother, whoever. You also didn't have people doing all this passive aggressive shit online. This is also well. true. This is also true. You know, I just I just remember that for a while, even though there was gangster rap and there was beef and there were niggas out here wilding, you had the niggas before you in the generation before you who even though they were outside in their day, they encouraged you to stop the bullshit. Curtis Blow is encouraged you to stop the bullshit. Grandmaster Flash encouraged you to stop the bullshit. LL Cool J encouraged you to stop the bullshit. And now, granted, it was as as much hypocrisy as there was to it. Even Snoop Dogg encouraged you to stop the bullshit for a while. Now he usually did this wearing what looked what appeared to be a giant crip rag, but he encouraged you to stop the knuckleheadedness. Yeah. Now the niggas who are supposed to be the elders are doing the knuckleheads. What the fuck are you doing, Freddie Gibbs? Fred just needs attention. <laughs> he, he really does, man. This nigga is on a this nigga is on a, a national television show. Wilding the fuck out. This man publicly got dragged from bow to stern in a club. <laughs> And still has the nerve to talk shit to people. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like, I, this is the like when the young kids kind of do it. You kind of like, man. I know people kind of give them a little bit of a pass because they feel like they're gonna get it out of their system at some point. But there's no mentoring because the mentors are doing the same stupid shit. Jim Jones was out. I forgot who Jim Jones was in a fight with not not too long ago. His barber. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that was not productive. I meant to say. I don't know why I said that. I meant to say leg day. <laughs> wrong with you <laughs> this is what happens when you expose me to mess <laughs> this is the ugly side of myself that i don't like to see oh shit i see nigga shit and i ridicule it that is my that is my toxic trait <laughs> my toxic trait is oh, i hate nigga shit, shit. <laughs> oh man this is why you know craig Lindsay always says that he envies my ability to sniff out nigga shit. You ain't missing nothing, bro. You ain't missing nothing, fam. I'd be out here minding my black-owned business. 
I used to be a nigga that kept up with nothing but politics. What happened to that, Oz? Fam, where did we go wrong? Trump. Oh yeah, you're right. Trump. That's exactly. You're right. I had to make a. I had to make a conscious choice to not plug into that shit anymore. Because I, I had to. I was Scott Woods used to say it. He was like, "Man, some of you when when he got elected in the first week, everybody was wilding out." He was like, "Y'all got to pace yourself. Y'all ain't gonna make because y'all ain't gonna make it to midterms." Fair point. <laughs> but yeah, before that, yeah, I was always plugged in. I just, yeah, uh, Trump. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like. The ment and the mentorship part of it is is important to mention. It's important to me because I feel like there's a connection to when the young kid to when the young kids are wilding out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some there are some old heads that try to impart some wisdom to them, but half the time they're either hypocrites or dumbasses too. Everybody ain't Killer Mike. Fair point. You know, it's different coming from Fat Joe. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't right. anything Fat right. Joe says. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, I related to that because, for example, T.I.'s son got arrested mm-hmm. wilding the fuck out. Um, Which one? Uh, the, the young, well, not the young, the second youngest one, King. Uh, he's actually, he's an artist out here now. And... He got arrested, and everybody. And lately, everything with King has been some shit where he fell out with the police or fell out in public on camera mm. in some shit that he shouldn't have been doing. And a lot of people are kind of like, "Why with this? Why is this nigga trying to be out here in these streets, even though his daddy is Ti? He has known nothing but the suburbs. Bigotry knows no bounds. Well, that's also true." And um, but amazingly enough, Ti in a in a weird moment of I don't know if the the planets have aligned in a fucked up way or something or I, I don't know if my astrology people can take me through this. Maybe it's a retrograde out there or something. Ti made some sense. You know, usually when when his son wilds out, twenty four hours later we're gonna get. We're gonna get a state of the the Harris household union from Ti in his fucking car. This time we got something that sounded like something reasonable, where he basically was like, "Look, y'all gotta stop blowing up, blowing me up in my inbox. Y'all gotta stop DMing me. I know what the little nigga doing. <laughs> I have spoken to the little nigga. I have I have imparted upon him time and again." That the shit he's doing and the direction that he's headed in, he is headed for either jail or the grave. Mm. Period. I have imparted upon him that he is breaking his mother's heart. Breaking my heart. <laughs> Sir, that wasn't the moment for that. Funny. <laughs> Not the a, moment for that. When you have a song in your spirit <laughs> and you're talking about nigga shit. Also true. Fair. Now that's that's no, valid. But he was like, and I have talked to him. I have talked to him and told him that what he's doing is crazy. I have talked to him and told him that he is breaking his mother's heart. And when T.I. has to talk to you. K- 
can't nobody, and he said, can't nobody, can't nobody fix him at this point but him. He has to make that choice. I can't make it for him. Did T.I. say this to himself also? Never. <laughs> not once. Not ever. Because T.I., and, and this is what I'm talking about. Because and his son probably ain't listening because he's going to be right back in the bullshit right next to him. T.I. ain't seen a good decision since 2008. Mm. And even then. Um, but <clears throat> we wonder why these young niggas is wilding out because the old niggas behind them that would be considered old heads are fucking hypocrites. No wonder 6 9 wasn't listening to Fat Joe. That is... Yeah. So there's definitely a difference in the disconnect and the old heads that probably would impart some wisdom is trying to stay out is trying to stay out of the bullshit for fear of catching a stray one themselves. Because shit is that wild out here and there's another rapper getting shot almost literally every fucking week. There's a whole generation of rapper that's either that's either dead or in prison. As these young niggas. And the ones right behind them is just trying to stay alive. That's what happens when the life expectancy of a young black man out here is like 50 at best. Uh, Vaughn made it longer than he was supposed to. Who? Vaughn, King Vaughn. Oh, Wow. Forget about that name. Yeah. You know, all I can say is, niggas gonna nig. Y'all need to straighten that shit out. Y'all gotta fit. Like, like the young niggas, uh, of course we would like it if the young niggas would. You old niggas definitely need to fix it. Definitely. I want one of you niggas to live past Sean Price. Damn. I would like it to be Freddie Gibbs. Pete. I'm just saying, y'all too old for this. Y'all gotta calm the fuck down. Um, what else is going on, man? Oh, Bank of America. Oh, okay, some business shit. Okay. Um, Randall probably Randall is probably better informed Let's about this go. than I am. Um, Randall is. In case you have not, in case you've not known this, we've talked about this before. We usually unpack this kind of shit in Patreon. Um, Randall. Uh, prior to his current vocation, worked in the money markets for like 15 years. I'm saying. And has seen a little bit of everything. And um, Bank of America recently has decided to offer, um, now this is only in select cities, usually cities of high concentration of black or of color peoples. Well, they're trying in a few target markets first. Uh, Yes, with in predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhoods in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami. And we'll Detroit, be, god damn. And we'll be expanding to other places as well. Um, so if you can take them through basically <clears throat> what they're offering mm-hmm. uh, in terms of mortgage. Yeah, so they, they created a program called the Community Affordable Loan Solution. Mm-hmm. Where they're trying to bridge the gap between they're trying to bridge the 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 racial home ownership gap between white people and everyone else 
by offering mortgages to first-time home buyers in those cities that are either black or Hispanic. Right. Uh, well, they're, they're targeting certain neighborhoods, mm-hmm. I should say that. Um, so this is one way to kind of get around the whole race thing. You're, you're targeting certain neighborhoods that just happen to be predominantly black and brown. And it's, uh, it's a zero-down mortgage, so no money down, no closing costs as well. And, and it will not require a minimum credit score. Aha, that's, that's the rub. There you go. All right. So, I don't know how many of you were alive in 2007, 2008, when we had a little thing called the global housing crisis, where a big part of what contributed to that was people being um, allowed to take under mortgages that, in a nutshell, they weren't credit worthy for. Shout out to Alan. It was a Greenspan. Was it Greenspan 2008? Sure. Yeah. Shout out to bitch ass Alan Greenspan. All of them. <laughs> and a lot of people uh, fell behind on their loans because they either had um, adjustable rate mortgages in which the the payments went up dramatically after a few years, or they were just overextended to begin with. And this caused a chain reaction of fuckery, which led to the quote-unquote global uh, housing crisis. Now, on paper, this sounds like a noble idea. But remember, banks are not in the charity business. Right. Banks are not out here to make our lives better. Banks are out here to make money. Also correct. So when I see something like this that specifically targets a group of people, it tells me, a skeptic, that fuckery is afoot. Now, I think it could present itself in one of two ways. I think, number one, I think we may find that a, a, you know, a number of people that uh, enter into home ownership under this program may find themselves overextended to begin with. We may right. see history repeat itself. Uh, especially if there's no minimum credit score required. Mind you, the credit score has only been around since the 1980s. So it is a, uh, it is a fake social construct designed to... Anyway, I'm not going to go down that whole path right now, but y'all understand where I'm getting with that. Um, so we may see history repeat itself, uh, you know, slightly later. Now, also remember, and I came up with this calculation back then, History economically tends to repeat itself in seven and 14 year cycles. We are exactly 14 years removed from the end of the last global housing crisis. So we're right on time to have another one. I said it here. Now, am I an expert in all this? No, but I just happened to study history and that's kind of the way that it's been going. Now, the other way that it can, that it can manifest itself. And this one is a little bit more far fetched, but in our current political climate, it may not be too far fetched. The uh, we have there. There's a there's an equal equal uh, equal lending equal housing. What ah, what is the name of it? Equal opportunity lending housing. Whatever the oh yeah, yeah whatever yeah, the yeah. law is. They made me memorize back when I was doing this. <laughs> um, basically, the the you know the equal lending law where you are not allowed to discriminate based on a number of things, including race, when offering to extend credit to people. And it was it was created back in the day to uh, protect uh, non-white people from those discriminatory and sometimes predatory practices. Now, 
if something is being explicitly marketed towards a group of people, mm-hmm. it may open up the floor for certain people, white people, to to voice their displeasure with that. Uh, because that in and of itself is a form of discrimination if you are showing preferential treatment to a group of people. Mm-hmm. What could eventually happen down the line, again, looking at our current political climate is, someone could say, well, if we're not going to follow that law, that law should be struck down anyway. And you could eventually see a repeal of that law, possibly. Um, just if enough people say that it holds no weight now since it's not being used for the way that's intended. So that could be a back that could be a backdoor way again of shooting down that law and then removing those protections. Period. Right. Again, that's a little bit more far fetched, but not too far fetched in this current political climate. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at Ted Cruz. Oh God. And Greg Abbott. Waiting waiting for that fuckery. It, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. So although again, I I I I wish I could be an optimist in this case, but knowing that banks are inherently evil and do not do things with regard to charity or the well-being of others, I'm highly skeptical of this program. Right. And what it actually means, I, I have a feeling it's just gonna it's gonna lead to more people being in debt unnecessarily. Correct. And I I feel like it's going to be one of these situations where um, it's it, it, it's a good way to get into the housing market, mm-hmm. and then while we're in a recession, and then you overextend yourself trying to maintain that, um, depending on your income and your job situation, and then you can't, and you default, and now your house belongs to the bank. Mm-hmm. Um. I I suspect there's going to be a bit of that fuckery. Um just the way the housing just the way the housing market is and it's just it's really hard to get people it's hard to get people to No, I won't say it's hard. It's hard to watch people sign up for things that in more stable times. Mhm would be considered good counsel, would be considered things to invest in that will accrue in value. This is not one of those times for the housing for housing. Um we're all cities are already getting overcrowded mm-hmm. and um the way gentrification is going, it's already pushing people out of uh major metro areas. Uh I feel like all of that's gonna be a factor. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, what do you call it? The, the, the housing sharing, like Airbnb and shit. Um, that's definitely making it worse in a lot of these major metropolitan areas. I can already see it in Houston, definitely in New York. Um, I shamelessly do Airbnb, uh, in New York. I'm going to end up in a hotel next time. Um, so there's a lot of ways where this could turn into the bank's or Bank of America in particular, owning a lot of housing mm-hmm. that they previously would not have on their own. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, everybody's got to do what they got to do, and it's hard to tell somebody that that's looking for somewhere stable to live. Um, I can tell you from experience currently, home ownership is not easy. 
Home ownership is some shit, man. At least when you're living in an apartment, you have somebody there that's going to fix shit for you at little or no cost as long as you're paying rent consistently. I just found out just randomly this week there was just a pipe that has been fucked up for years in one of the bathrooms. There's just a random pipe underneath the underneath the bathtub that's just fu- fucked up and been fucked up and could have been fucked up since one of these freezes. Who knows? And it was a little thing that turned into a big thing. It was a little thing we didn't even notice. It cost no less than five hundred dollars to fix. Yeah, I, that's I, the kind of shit you run into as a homeowner. I. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't even. I can't even I can't even begin to, to right <laughs> to talk about the whole shitstorm behind that process. And, and again, it's it is a process that can leave a lot of people behind. Now, God bless Randall. I have noticed Randall's uh, home ownership and cutting costs, which everybody is kind of doing in, in this process, has made Randall a bit of a handyman. Hey man, I'll say. never I'll never forget that when when the when the freeze happened. And there was a pipe that had gone bad, and this nigga and and I looked up, and this nigga had just taken apart his whole ceiling in the garage. Hey man, I couldn't wait four to six weeks <laughs> <laughs> to take a shower. You know what I'm saying? And right. this nigga had just did it himself. Had I'm to, about to start doing. I swear to God, I'm about to start teaching myself this shit. At lay my own pipe, Paul, <laughs> sir. Oh, <Paul. laughs> like. I'm known like I've had some friends be like, "Oh, I didn't know you were handy." I ain't that handy. Got to be, and you, it, it, it's out of necessity. And, and and now, granted, there are things that I got to pay out of pocket. Got the wiring done in the house a couple of years ago. I'm not doing that. Right. Let them do it. Right. Uh, got the roof done last year after the freeze. I'm not gonna do that. Let them do it. Let them do it. But yeah. you know, when I had to redo this room that we we're recording in right now, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had time. I remember that. You just started knocking out this fucking wall. I remember that shit. Hey, man, got to do what you got to do. Because yeah. when you pay Mr. Charlie, as they call him, <laughs> and when you pay Mr. Charlie, Mr. Charlie going to hit you up with that premium. Yes, he is. You know? Don't blame Mr. Charlie. Man. Mr. Charlie's just a man. <laughs> He's doing the best I mean, and and yeah, so that's just a little a little wor- words of warning uh, to all the uh, people trying to be homeowners. That shit costs too. It costs. It's it is like playing Monopoly. You just you roll them dice. You just end up on some shit. Somebody hit you for somebody hit you for a grip. Yep. Uh. So watch out, watch out for these Bank of America motherfuckers, man. Mm. Um, on to some now. Okay, so this is so this is a little messy. Uh, but I but I thought Randall would appreciate this. I love mess. <laughs> he loves mess in doses. Yes. Um, and I thought this would be an adequate dose uh, that he could probably deal with if I could bring it up. So, you know, meet and greets have become the new, the new, they have become the new wave again. Mm -hmm. Um, We all know Chris Brown is now 
notorious for his meet and greets. I don't know how much the meet and greets. I think they. I think he said they were what ten thousands. I don't, I forgot how much they were. It's Shh. it's tens of thousands though. It's quite a bit of money. Man. I forgot how much Chris Brown's is, but he earning every bit of that money because all them girls he take pictures with. We know they're not his type. He looked like he want to fuck every one of them, <laughs> and he looked like he would. Um, Meg has some good meet and greets. Hers look fun. I'll I'll actually admit. Bow Wow is doing meet and greets. And it has come out what he refers to as the diamond package is. You pay $1,000 for the diamond package. Already failed. (laughs) Now, what is in the diamond package for $1,000? Let's look at this list. The Bow Wow Diamond VIP package includes the ultimate hangout with Bow Wow, a 30 to 45 minute personal hang and tour conducted by Bow. Only 10 fans in each city will get behind the scenes look, will get a behind the scenes look at backstage areas, lounge, tour bus and more. Oh, he thinks that many people per city is going to pay for that shit? <laughs> that's Only very, 10, Randall. That's very optimistic. <laughs> um, personal, oh, the next one. Personal meet and greet photo with Bow Wow. Attend Bow Wow's pre-show VIP lounge party. Digital download of your meet and greet with Bow Wow. Somebody take a video of that shit? I get to watch this shit again? <laughs> it's probably somebody recording with their phone and then sending it to you. <laughs> That's exactly I'm, what I I'm think it serious. is. <laughs> it's probably Bow Wow recording it with his phone. <laughs> um, what else we got? Uh, souvenir VIP laminate and lanyard. Commemorative VIP hoodie. I don't know about what they consider to be commemorative. I mean. It, Who's it, commemorating that? I mean, he's commemorating the fact that he's still got people to fuck with him. A thousand dollars? To hang out with the star of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift? Come on, man. Exclusive drawstring bag? Okay, now they're still not, who's still rocking drawstring bags? Now they really hyping that shit up like it's something. They just drawstring bags. Like <laughs> exclusive drawstring bags. Access to early merchandise shopping with special items available for sale only to VIP guests. Okay. Probably the hoodie, the drawstring bag, <laughs> and the VIP lanyard. Like if you give me all that for free, well not even for free. If all that's including the thousand dollars, I'm not buying shit else. I was gonna say there are people, there are people getting their dick sucked for the week for a thousand dollars. Wow, I'm just, I'm just saying. Wow, maybe the weekend, depending on the city. Houston probably gets your dick sucked for the week. Um, that is not something that I have priced. Bow wow. Let me go to Bissonette. I would say maybe I, I I could be underestimating the dick sucking economy, but I don't know. Um, fam, 
can we say that this is the point where meet and greets? I feel like meet and greets have now jumped the shark and they've jumped the shark very quickly. But have you yourself done a meet and greet? Ah. I did one. For a thousand dollars? Not for a thousand dollars. I mean I I remember when we did the, the meet and greet for the fiftieth episode. Oh yeah. Um I think I had more fun than they did. I definitely woke up fucked up the night before. The <clears throat> the night after. I definitely woke up fucked up. I don't know how I got home. This is the shit that this is the shit that Randall misses hey. in me representing the brand out in public. Hey, what's what's public? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we out here. We in here. I can only imagine what's gonna happen for the two hundred celebration. I don't know how that's gonna go. Um I'll think of something and I'm open to suggestions. Um that's probably actually that's probably a good place to take a break. No, uh, let me get one more in. Just real quick, wanted to talk about the She-Hulk backlash. Um, fam. So for those, well, let me explain first. For those of you who don't know, um, She-Hulk Attorney at Law is a Marvel show that's out right now, and basically the most recent episode featured Megan Thee Stallion. It was, I thought it was. I actually thought it was a funny little premise. Basically, one, basically a, a rival lawyer needed She Hulk's help in uh, making a case that basically he had gotten catfished by someone from Asgard, who's like a shape shifting mm-hmm. elf that convinced him that she was Megan the Stallion, and they had, and basically they had to make the case off of the off of the idea that that. Uh, the judge was like, who would be stupid enough to really think they were carrying on an online relationship with Megan Thee Stallion? And because She-Hulk had been sexually harassed by this guy before she became She-Hulk, she jumped at the chance to be like, this motherfucker <laughs> is exactly that stupid. So And so it ends, and so basically it ends, there was, a, there was an appearance when Megan Thee Stallion was in the courtroom, but the after credits thing was her in She-Hulk's office and them dancing and uh, twerking. It, this is all like a 20-second scene. Um, and it just has the nerds and the anti-Megan people and everybody in a fucking chokehold for no fucking reason. Let me, let, me, let me put this hypothetical situation in your head, though. Let's say... You as Oz. Sure. You know, you chilling, you know, whatever yeah. on, uh, you know, you're on Instagram or whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever your preferred social media medium is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, know, you get a message from someone that looks like Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> okay. And you're probably skeptical at first. Like, ah, that's some bullshit. And she's like, nah, for real. What's up? Let's meet up. And you meet up. And this person looks, sounds, and everything like Megan Thee Stallion. And you get a chance to make it do what it do. You as Oz, are you willing to risk it? Would I beat? Are you willing to risk it? 
So there's two elements that Randall has left out here. <laughs> One, I am a avid catfish fan. I have seen every episode of Catfish in existence to date. Um, I've seen it all. I've seen all the online scamming over the past 10 years of Catfish. I'm hard to fool. That's one. Two, in normal circumstances, would I try to beat? Yes and no. I would make myself available for the opportunity, maybe. But because Megan knows some, someone that I've, da- that I've dated that I'm still in contact with, it would have to, it, a lot of things would have to fall into place. That is two. I know Randall was trying to make some function out of this. I know, I know what he was doing. That is two. Three, we also have to factor in the fact that the, the fact that we're all of this combined with the existence of gods, aliens. This is the world they live in. Gods, aliens, trickster gods, all that shit. Spider Man. Anything can happen. Right outside your front door. That was my healthy suspicion and my intricate knowledge of catfish. God damn. And now that I've said all that out loud, I think I'd be a paranoid that never left the fucking house if I lived in Marvel World. <laughs> <clears throat> Having said that, someone shows up looking roughly like Megan the Stallion. I would make myself available for the opportunity possibly. That's that's all I'm saying. Having said that, I look better than this white man that thought he was fucking Megan Thee Stallion. I couldn't be looking like that thinking I'm knocking down Megan. I couldn't. Most men who thought that they had a chance would jump at it. Yeah, that's yeah. Notice notice he wasn't really too bothered by the fact that it turned out to be an elf. He just lost a bunch of money on it. I was going to say... He wasn't bothered enough. See, again, I've seen enough of the catfish reveal to where I've seen where the guy looks where the guy looks disappointed mm-hmm. versus the guy who's like, well, that's not the person that was in the picture. But I wouldn't not beat. You always get that one where they say up front, well, I'm hurt and I'm hurt that you lied and you hurt me and all that shit. But deep down, you kind of know that they don't look bad enough for them to not beat. I wouldn't have gone through that with that pasty white woman, but I can see it. I get it. Now, with all that in mind, now we've tried to lure me into a conversation about whether I would beat them, whether I would fuck a Megan Thee Stallion catfish. Um... The twerking at the end. For now, for us, it's probably I would say for me, probably not a big deal. Mm-hmm. For you, probably not a big deal. I thought it was corny more than anything. I was like, ah, that's expected. 
And it, it's as corny as She-Hulk has ever been. People don't realize, like, the moments of She-Hulk being a real action hero and shit like that are few and far in between in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, She-Hulk was always kind of a farce. At, like, at her most popular moments, always a farce. Um, even the, I remember growing up on the Hulk cartoon, and when they started making it Hulk and She-Hulk, mm-hmm. it was just all about Bruce Banner walking around while She-Hulk was just fully was just fully into being uh, being tall, green, and sexy, and stopping traffic every episode. And so it's always been farcical like that. Where the where the hypocrisy comes in is that Hawkeye had a full-on musical about the Battle of New York. A full-on musical where people were singing the song, I Can Do This All Day. And no one had a problem with that. We literally met Deadpool singing Salt and Pepper. Yeah, that that that's more along the lines of appropriation. But also, Deadpool. By the way, when all these characters come into the Marvel universe, I can guarantee you we will not get the same energy if and when Deadpool ends up twerking with Megan Thee Stallion, because it's going to happen. Going to happen. <laughs> Period. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't know if you've met. I don't know if you've seen Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Not only that, he's going to get a Met Mobile commercial out of it. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I'm just saying. He's really trying to push that. He is. Met Mobile and that soccer team. Very weird. Wrexham? Yeah. Never watching it. You could, be a, you could be a white boy just up buying random shit and have a camera and have a camera crew follow you around just about you owning random shit. I have a friend that owns an Einstein bagels. No camera crew there. No? No. I honestly, I honestly I would if if I thought she was up to it. I would, and I would make a reality TV show out of it because that would be funny. Because she's funny people. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Ryan Reynolds is going to get all the bag out of this, you know, because now he's the now he's like the now that Chris Evans is out, now that Hugh Jackman has retired from being Wolverine. He's one of the best looking superheroes out there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. he's going to get the bag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you She-Hulk haters, you niggas don't deserve happiness. You don't. You don't deserve joy whatsoever. Fam, and also not for nothing, but you non-comic book people <laughs> that partake in this that partake in this content, now y'all know what it's like to be a normal comic book person who likes pussy. Having to be around the comic book people that do not like pussy or joy or happiness. 
They're so woke. I wanted to do this woke bullshit. Oh, why don't They're just pandering to the women. Just, oh, shut the fuck up. We have dealt with these people in message boards since AOL days. And now that the She-Hulk haters have combined with the Megan Thee Stallion fans and found a common enemy in people who like happiness and men who like pussy. Now, you people outside of that realm know what it's been like for us all these years. Welcome. All you Marvel fanatics that have never read a comic book before, welcome to the jungle. Hope you survived the experience. You got fun and games. (laughs) Now you truly know what it's like, because we have dealt with incels as long as we've been reading comic books. Amen. So it's a different, it's a different environment out there for us. Welcome to the jungle. Hope you survived the experience. Now we will take a break. Uh, we'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. You are listening to sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up clap white people. I will say I will say this. This is related to something we were talking about off air uh, about these uh, some of these TikTok personalities. I am tired of some of these TikTok people pretending that they're podcasting. You know they do that shit where they where they 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 angle the camera a certain way, and they have and and they put a microphone in front of them. Oh, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But they're yeah. not being interviewed, and there's nobody talking or agreeing with them or anything. They're just talking. Mm-hmm. That's so weird to me. It's a. I'll tell you. I'll show it to you later. There's a lady and her husband that both do that, and they've both proven themselves to be scammers. Uh, so I've been told. I forgot what the girl's name is, but anyway, uh, we're back. Yep, we're black. We are. We are opinionated. Okay. I gotta tell you, we are hydrated. Now, yes. <laughs> now. Yeah, I, I I haven't really been hitting my warning like I should have the last couple of days and woke up this morning uh with what felt like a hangover, but it was it was dehydration. So I I downed a, a smooth six, sixty four right. ounces of water and uh my, my bladder is doing the uh <laughs> is doing the Cupid shuffle you right pay now. Pay for it in the long run. Yeah. Um it's all good though. I had to wash myself with certain like Sparkling waters. I was trying to get away with that mm. because, certain, depending on what sparkling water it is, they have a degree of sodium. Yep. So you got to watch that shit. But this, we also got to watch out for some alkaline waters too, because a lot of times those <sighs> the electrolytes that they include in them are derived from salt. So we, we just right. have to be a little. Yeah, I know uh, you like the al- alkaline water. You know, I do it. I do it. I do it. I do. Um, it is time. For white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people. Already. <laughs> Very Houston of you. <laughs> um, Gary Busey got arrested. <gasps> Shock? Well, so Gary Busey was at some, some event in Jersey that sounds like a monster truck thing. Feeling up random women. Okay. Without, without consent. 
and uh, the police got called, and he got picked up, and uh, it, it's all in very Busey fashion. Uh, not long after that, he got caught in like a park somewhere with his pants down and his hand in his pants. Okay. So it is worth saying, for those of you, maybe this is a generational thing, some of you might not know him. Gary Busey has never been a sane man. At no point in my life have I ever seen Gary Busey in any capacity and thought that he was well. Not at all. Not at all. Like, if Nick Nolte had never sobered up, he would be Gary Busey. In fact, I used to get both of them confused. So that's a funny story in just a second. <laughs> um, it is also worth saying that in a di- this is in like so now you have someone who has never been within their right mind. I mean, like it was a running joke on Entourage that Turtle was scared, was terrified to run into Gary Busey again because Gary Busey is insane. I don't even think yes. they gave him lines for for those Entourage bits. No, they just. Gave him a bag of coke and said, <laughs> "Right." <laughs> and at one time, he tried to monetize being insane, like he was doing a couple of commercials here and there. I don't think they gave him lines for that either. They just put him in a room and put all the products in, in behind the green screen. Um, but combine him never being within his right mind, uh, to him now being like eighty. So now he's senile and crazy. Gary Busey is maximum white people must be stopped. Man, like a long time ago. So my mom, my mom's getting to that age where any of the white people, any of the white people that were prevalent when she was younger, it's all getting conflated now. And I can't talk about it because I, I confuse, I confuse current white boys. Like I'm starting to not know. I, I'm other than Evans. I'm starting to convolute all the Chris's. They all look alike. More or less. Um, so I was me and my mom were talking about Gary Busey and he, and she was like, Now, where's that man's family when he needs them? Where is his family? Does he have a doesn't he have a brother? I was like, No, he has a he has a son that's in the business. Um, that he's done some notable things. He has there's a Jake Busey. Those that of you is, that yes. watch Starship Troopers will yes. know Jake Busey. Um, who did a couple other things after that? Uh, she's like, no, no, no. He has a he has brothers. He has a brother. And he has people that have been with him that that have been in the business with him. Where are they during these times? Why are white people always leaving their families stuck out? And I said, Mom, what? Okay, what has the brother been in, Mom? I don't know. They've been in, but they've been in stuff, and they were in stuff together. And even their father was in was in stuff with them. They're all from Texas. And I said, Mom, <laughs> wait for it. I said, Mom, I really name. You know what? Because I think I know what's what the disconnect here is. Name one thing you know of that Gary Busey was in that I was like fucking with, and she was like. You used to watch that movie all the time. You have it on like DVD somewhere. It was like your favorite movie where he was in the computer. Mom, are you talking about Tron? Wow. She goes, yeah. She, I was like, Mom, Russell, them. Jeff Bridges. Oh, Jeff Bridges, them. <laughs> Mom, you're talking about Jeff Bridges. He had Bo Bridges. 
He had uh, uh, Lloyd Bridges. They were all that. That was that family, Mom. It's a whole different white person. She was like, "Well, I was close, not remotely." You know what? She was close enough. <laughs> they all look alike. <laughs> I stand with Mom. <laughs> I appreciate my mom not knowing her white people anymore. <laughs> I was I was watching the old man earlier today. Uh, I gotta finish that. I think I'm one episode. I got the last episode to watch. I must have called Jeff Bridges, Kurt Russell, like eight times. <laughs> uh, I may have also called him um, shit. Uh, Liam Neeson, not Liam Neeson. Uh, <laughs> Place Thanos, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. A couple times. Josh Brolin is a lot younger than him. I think maybe. Yeah, Josh Brolin's younger than but Jeff Bridges. They all they all from that same cloth. Jeff Bridges is in his seventies. Josh Brolin's like in his fifties. You know what? They have gruff voices. Also true. <laughs> so also true. Um, yeah. I was talking. I was talking about favorite thing Josh Brolin has ever been in. Go, Thanos. Okay, I said Thanos at first. That's, my- that, that's you know what? That's probably not right. Give me one second. Oh, because <laughs> that's just that's just recent memory. I said that because Infinity War was on last night. I was, uh, Goonies. Who was he in Goonies? Oh, he wasn't. He was the brother. He's like the older brother. He's the older brother. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I always forget that. Okay, so Goonies is fair. I so my I said Thanos is probably my favorite thing Josh Brolin has ever been in, and then I remember he was in No Country for Old Men. That, I mean, so that's probably my favorite thing. Yeah. Good, good answer. Good, very answer. good answer. I love Josh Brolin. I love everything about No Country for Old Men. Like, <clears throat> I would, that was just a random question for you. Um, yeah. Goonies, Goonies was his. Uh, I think Goonies was his first one. Yeah, he was the brother. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. I will always remember that. Goonies forever. Um, Dylan Roof. Here's a white boy that we haven't talked about in a while. <sighs> Dylan Roof's attorneys have um, implored the Justice Department. Ooh, Sicario. Also, sorry. Go ahead. Oh shit! He wasn't Sicario. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dale Kalua talked about him so bad. He was like, Man, I hate that fucker with the flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan Roof, um, he's implored, the, his attorneys have implored the Justice Department to reevaluate his case. Um, he's trying to get some kind of appeal out of his sentencing. Um, I imagine it's probably because he's been sentenced to death. The Justice Department, Dikembe Mutombo, the fuck out of that shit. And said that is a non-starter. There's nothing to reevaluate. Nothing. You already got Burger King, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck else you give me? <laughs> fuck out of here. Yeah, that there's that's a that is one time where I can look at the Justice Department and go, good for you. That's a non-starter. You you cannot walk into a church of any denomination or walk out with dead bodies. You can't walk into anywhere and kill people. And kill people and then go, no, they shouldn't put me to death. Is that fair? Yes, it's fair. They need to put him in gin pop. Oh, shit. How, wait, how old is Dylan? Dylan Ruth was a, he was a kid when he did that, right? Wasn't no damn kid. We need to stop. How old? Well, I'm, I'm just saying at the time. We need to stop calling people kids. 
just well, because. Well, I mean, like he wasn't that much older, or younger than Kyle Rittenhouse. Because if he was black and at the age of eight or above, oh, he'd have been grown. He would have been man. a grown man. Yeah, you're right. And terrifying. You are correct. All right, he's 28 now. When did when did that seven happen? years ago? Uh, so he was about 21 back then. Oh, he was a grown ass man. Fuck him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. Honestly, even if he was a kid when he did it, fuck him. Yeah, you're right. Um, so good on them. Uh, maybe they'll televise that. What him and Gin Pop? No, uh, them killing him. Did they used to do that? I was I was young when they did that. I was what, very young. When televised executions? Did they do that once? I hope not. I think they did that. <laughs> I really hope not. Or at least made it was very public when it happened. Well, I mean, they used to hang niggas in public. Well, and have picnics. This is also true. You are correct. So that might just be that might just be my generational memory <laughs> kicking in. You are correct. Um. Oh God. So there's this, and I only I only put it on the run now because it's a Houston thing. A Hooters waitress, Miss Jessica Sinclair, a 24 year old Hooters waitress, mm-hmm. um, was arrested. Once she was caught dipping hot wings okay. into her vagina. Yeah. Sometimes you have to ambush Randall with this shit. Um, Jessica Sinclair, 24, uh, 24 years of age, was taken into police custody after she witnessed, she was witnessed, excuse me, by coworkers dipping hot sauce, hot wings into her vagina before serving them to customers. From what authorities have told us, Jessica would dip hot wings into her vagina while on and off her period. Gives new meaning to, I'd like a 10-piece, extra hot, extra wet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Alexa, play wet wet ass pussy. Um, This was done to customers whom had been rude, and or made off remarks about her appearance. Why why she would do this while on her period is anyone's guess. The introduction of blood to this crime heightens the consequences of her actions. Tampering with food along uh, along with the addition of human blood is a criminal offense with special circumstances. It carries a sentence of up to 20 years in prison. The lesser charges of inserting the wings into her vagina while not menstruating can carry a prison term of up to 10 years. So. I have several questions. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. Oh, it gets a little better. Family members of the perpetrator claim that while she has the appearance of a well put together young woman. (laughs) She works at Hooters. (laughs) She might be the first Hooters girl in human history at that that location that uh, actually lives up to the name. Uh, she actually suffers from multiple personality disorder and has a long history oh, there we go. of incidents that end in either a stay in a jail or in a mental hospital on a three-day hold. Had Hooters conducted a background check, this whole incident could have been avoided. So. My first question is, did she perform the deed before or after the sauce was added? <laughs> Second of all, 
if she, what is her personal hygiene like after? <laughs> oh, her pH is all fucked up. Like, yes. Her, I mean, pH, her pH is shot to shit. Uh, I just, I can only imagine it. You know, that it was, it was a terror dome down there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to know what denomination of hot sauce it was. Don't they have like several? I've only ever been to Hooters once in my life. Don't they? Don't they have several denominations of wing sauce? Or yes. I'm thinking of Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, maybe. they 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 have different levels of sauce. Right. Okay. Um, they don't have the 28 day sauce. <laughs> my next question is more of a statement than a question. That is the name of this podcast: 28 day sauce. Okay. Okay. You said it. Oh my I just, god! I just work here. The um, uh, so the my other statement is okay. Somewhere out there, there's a nigga that's like, I bet she tastes good though. <laughs> no, no. Well, let me let me show you. Let me show you who we're talking about here. She doesn't date niggas. Well, she might. She got a forehead. I'm just saying. I'm not saying she does date niggas, but I'm saying niggas would date her. I would say that is a that is a forehead that attracts niggas. That, that you're you're correct. Niggas and, niggas love a big ass. Niggas love a big forehead and big titties. And she tastes like hot sauce. <laughs> Oh, she texted. She texted people. It's lemon pepper night. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? Oh man, what is happening in the universe, man? Second of all, this happened in Houston. They don't specify what location, but I am fairly certain that if we looked into it, it was on fifty. It's on fifty nine. Yeah, it was definitely on fifty nine South, Southwest side. Something about fifty nine makes it a perfect central hub for fuck shit. It's a block away from every every rundown strip club. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what the fuck, bro? I don't even know where I don't know who sent this to me. I don't know where this came from. Um, oh my god, <laughs> twenty eight days. So, send your racist stories. Wow, send your real life racist encounters. Send your, along with your listener letters, questions for myself, D. Randall. Shit, they gonna start sending letters about us. <laughs> <laughs> Please send these to opinionswildblack at gmail dot com or log on to opinionswildblack dot com. Uh, where you can find ways to listen to Houston's Most Savage podcast, mm. um, learning more about um, the least sober team in podcasting, ways to buy merch, <laughs> and ways to, uh, oh God, and ways to be a part of the Patreon crew, uh, become a patron, support independent black content. Uh, independent black content only thrives. Uh, in the hands of savvy, engaged audiences like yourself. Mm-hmm. 
we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with your listener letters and the top three STFUs. This is Houston's most savage podcast. Ask for it by name. Pour up. We are back. We are black. Mm-hmm. We are opinionated. Mm-hmm. And we are grown man hydrated. Like, mm. we really, like, we, we really have to be. Last time we had a drink on air for real, we had to be like peer pressured into that shit. Yeah. You know? God, we're adults. <laughs> what the fuck? Arguably. <laughs> just, just, we, just barely, right? We did just talk about a young woman <laughs> seasoning. Hooters wings with her <laughs> vagina. So I don't know. Oh man, rest in peace, Marvin Zendler. Oh man, he would have a field day. Woo, buddy, slime in the cooter. <laughs> <laughs> For those of y'all who don't live in Houston, Marvin Zendler was a legend. He used to do all the food inspection shit. He used to name. All the restaurants that did not pass food inspection, and his favorite thing to say in the universe: "Slime in the ice machine." Man, if you had never, if you were a kid and you had never watched anything else about the news, you watched when Marvin Zindler's old uh, Colonel Sanders looking ass was on with that white suit, that and that salt and pepper Michael McDonald hair. And that wig was literally stapled to his head. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> Oh, shit. Good old days. Good old days. It is time for your listener letters. Um, Jessica Crawford, uh, new listener, I believe out of, I want to say out of Dallas. Um, she, had, she had two that I really wanted to highlight. Um, can you divorce? Oh, she said, can you divorce then still be boyfriend and girlfriend with the person? Honestly, I I could. <laughs> Probably. But my love life is so fucked up. <laughs> my love life is so fucked up. I don't really have any I it, I almost don't have any real filter for what's appropriate and what isn't. I I would want to know what the difference is. That's I would a good want question. What what's what's the actual difference? Like if if you want to have, well, my short answer will be don't get married to begin with, if that's the case. No, I'm serious, because if, if you want an easy out of a relationship, if you want to be able to walk away from a relationship without the legal, you know, everything Red that tape. comes with it, yeah, then just don't get married to don't begin with. Don't do it with. in the first place. Uh, if you do get married to someone and then break up with them, what would be the difference? Why just... Clearly, I know. Right, I know. I know that makes sense because clearly the feelings are still being expressed, mm-hmm. and clearly there's still whatever love was there to make y'all get married. It's the, the, whatever it was is still there. Y'all just don't want that that title. Then why did you want it in the first place? Also true. I don't know that that that. But, whole- the, but I, you know what? I, let me push back on that real quick. Go for it. Only because. I feel like there's a I feel like there's a collective 
sect of people that are not that are that that are not of an in, uh, uh, that are of a considerable number that put a premium on marriage. We as on a societal level <clears throat> put marriage on a certain premium where you feel like that's the right thing to do. Okay. And not everybody thinks outside of that. And I I, I always put does I always factor in the societal pressure to do these things. If if you said, "Can we still be friends after getting divorced?" I could kind of. That's could, a little different. Yeah. No, I I can see that. I could actually see that more than saying, "Can we still be dating after right. marriage?" Because at least friendship implies that we still relate to each other on on a, on a certain level. It's just that the you know the the intimate side, the romantic side, those things that kind of. Um, define what the difference between a friendship and a romanticship is. You know, those things are still in place. I can, I can still see that. Right. I don't see what going from being married to being boyfriend, girlfriend, or whatever accomplishes other than you're not fully committed to the breakup. And I just may be short-sighted. I would, I would love... To, to engage in a more meaningful discussion around this with yeah. people who might have more specific examples of this. Sure. But just as it's asked, and this is, you know, thank you, Jessica, for presenting the question. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me on, on why you would, why you do, would that do that and why you would yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Um, she also asked, are men commonly domestic violence victims but just don't report it? Is domestic violence from a woman ever justified? Like if the guy did something really, really bad. Depends. Was the really, really bad thing physical? Because if the really, really bad thing was physical, then yes, you uh, throwing hands is probably warranted. Like, like if they put their hands on you, if they threw some shit, if they, uh, if, if they aggressed at you in a manner where you felt that the next step was going to be throwing hands? Yeah, throw hands. Because that's what because that, that's almost exactly describing what happened with Ray Rice. Yeah. Ray Rice was just, he didn't necessarily, I don't, he, leading up to her going off, he may not have been touching her, but he was definitely inciting her. Like he spit on her. He, he did. He did. He got right in that elevator and spit on her. What I what I will say is that un, unfortunately, and 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 I apologize, y'all, if I if I come across as biased or bigoted when I say this. In most instances, in most instances, and y'all can shoot me as a messenger. Um, men may have a physical advantage over women when it comes to that. So a physical response may not always be the best response. I think first and foremost, if possible, remove yourself from the situation right. if there is abuse occurring. Uh, because I do know that the, the young lady who was in a relationship with Ray Rice did not stand a chance hand no. to hand. And we saw Absolutely that not. he laid her out in the elevator. We saw that. Yeah. So I, I would say that. She uh, linked it. She linked it to a situation that just recently happened. Okay. Apparently. Uh, uh, Apparently, 6ix9ine's girlfriend got arrested in Miami for jumping on him. Um, was busted Sunday night with a battery charge related to domestic violence. 
She's been held on $1,500 bail in Miami-Dade County, where 6ix9ine tells us he's actually trying to bail her out. Those are the ones that get me. Yeah, see, that, that that's probably a mutually abusive Correct. Um, situation. Because you're trying to get her out. No, if someone puts their hands on you, you have, you have every right to protect yourself, defend yourself, yeah. and whatever. Um, and I, I think for, for both, for any party that's in a, in a physically abusive situation, the absolute safest way is to remove yourself from it, if at all possible. 100%. Um, now, I don't blame you. If you, you know, nigga puts his hands on you and you come back with a bat and knock your shit off, I don't right. blame you at all. But I, I will say it always bothers me when people, when, like, there's always, because there's always that argument of when is, it, when is it okay to hit a woman if she hits you, whatever, whatever. It always astounds me the level of the the amount of people that go from zero because it, it's not just defending yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the answer is always whoop her ass. The answer is like I don't understand the people that that go from zero to beat the fuck out of her. Now there was a part one to that question that that I think we may have jumped over. What was the first part of the question? Uh, first part of the question was I gotta go back. If my phone weren't so fucking slow, mm-hmm. um, are men commonly domestic violence victims and just but just don't report it? Yeah, I, I would say it's more common than than we know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean absolutely. But also, some a lot of men have you know that that pride and that machismo that won't let them admit that they're being physically abused or they don't recognize it because of the level of toxicity in the relationship. Correct. Uh, so yeah, probably so. Um, Greg Black, our latest and greatest addition to the Patreon crew, oh. wants to know how much have you guys played fighting games, and are either of you excited for Street Fighter Six or the confirmation of a new Mark of the Wolves game in the future? And hence that both Capcom and SNK want to make a Capcom versus SNK three. Now, I didn't know that there was a two. I am definitely excited for Street Fighter Six. Um. Because we've talked about this before. Because yeah. if nothing else, Ryu has a fully connecting beard. He does. So he is immediately the realest nigga in the game. And he's come a long way in the legacy of Street Fighter. I feel like he has more than earned his fully connecting beard. You know, it's, it's he's it's, always had fully connecting beard energy. Ah, <laughs> uh, FCB energy. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. That might be a shirt. Hey, fully connected beard energy. That's only in women's sizes, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, uh, it, it's um, yeah. I mean, that's that's dope. I'm I'm I am a uh, I am a Tekken person myself, but I you know I am back when I should have been going to class in college. <laughs> Shit. Um, when I wasn't beating people's heads in with Mortal Kombat, it was Street Fighter. Oh quite yeah, some time. Oh yeah, I was a I was a god of that shit in Street Fighter. Yeah, and the, and the most and the most obscure ones like EX Plus A, when they was just doing random weird shit. Uh, y'all don't know nothing about my my nigga Skullamania. Um, but yeah, I, Street Fighter Six was really good actually. Um, I might end up making that uh, an unemployment purchase. Damn. Uh, next to Modern Warfare Two. 
Um, there was another one by Joe the Stampede. Uh, since Randall works in, well, let's just say tech. Yeah, yeah. Since Randall works in tech, how do you feel about the efforts being made uh, to engage the black community uh, and become more knowledgeable about tech, not just in a career sense, but also in letting the average person know that it's something that they can take part in? Now, I don't know if this is related to some wow. development in tech recently or something, but. Wow. Um Wow, that's actually a, a very, very good question. Um, I I look at it through the eyes of my nieces and nephews. Okay. So there, there's definitely a generation of people who have been raised in the cell phone era. Right. Where all of their computing skills um, come down to the use of one hand uh-huh. <laughs> in most cases. Uh, I would, um, oh, I got to sneeze. Gesundheit. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and a lot of what we consider basic computing skills have, have kind of gone by the wayside. And, That's true. And, it, and it's not just the use of a keyboard and a monitor. It's, it's like coding. Like coding, yes. Like, even, like at least in the era of MySpace, there was a level of entry-level coding. <laughs> But even in the way that we use technology to do certain things that we may that we may not even consider, um, and I, I'm trying to pull a good example out right now, like like for example, my my 16 year old niece doesn't necessarily know how to connect um, a device to the TV if it's not Bluetooth, like like ah. like a physical connection to something. Or understanding, but they don't make those. They don't make that shit friendly for physical connections these days. Or even understanding how different devices work with each other. Right. One of the things that she's asked me about is teaching her musical production, and and she wants to learn how to produce and how to mix and how to do these things that that involve a, a number of devices working together. But she doesn't have a concept yet of how those devices talk because on an analog level. On an analog or even a digital level, because they're used to everything being held in one hand, or 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 made for very little interaction to correct. link to each other. That is correct. Uh, the The other thing that I think that we have to understand about technology as well is the way that it is used by a lot of young people. Uh-huh. It's it's to look at it's to view content, correct, and to easily create. Similar content that can just be pushed out right. immediately for for consumption. Right. So I, I think the way that they consume data also is so different that that's true. In order for them to really engage and embrace how technology can be fully utilized, and I, I've even told my niece this before, and this is one one fundamental change that that I've I've helped her make in the last couple of years. It, that's changed the perspective. Right. Instead of turning the camera on yourself all the time, turn the camera around to face the world. Right. And that's the difference between how you use technology and how you can right. use technology. So even with that, she's been, she's become more interested in digital photography, which mm. then leads to her using, you know, thing, which, yeah. which actually led to her wanting to learn more about Photoshop, 
which actually led to her wanting to learn more about music creation. God so, bless her. So the you know just the simple act of not having media. Let's focus turned on, on you. Yeah. Let's focus on self and more focus on yeah the outward. That is correct. Yeah. And that's just a very simple example. Uh, no, but, that's true. That's but we true. but we also have to recognize that. Um, you know, the, the same technology that served us in that capacity doesn't necessarily serve the younger generation. Just like not in the same way. No, my father still has a VCR so that he can watch his old tapes. Although I've told him that almost everything that you watch is on a streaming service right now. Right. And he's like, well, but I got my tapes right here. I'll say, and, and, and I'm, I'm like that with the DVDs, mostly because some of those were already mm-hmm. out of print. And some of the and like those some of those studios like like mostly like with the anime, mm-hmm. some of those studios don't exist anymore. Right, and so some of those properties are just in the wind. Like Streamline was a anime was an anime production company where the studio burned down. Yeah, and some of those properties don't exist barely on uh, uh, VHS anymore. So it's hard to find like Robot Carnival, Eight Man After. Um, I could I could go on, but yeah, um, I've been looking forever for some shit called Lensman, uh, which is very hard to find. Mm-hmm. So I I like the collector aspect of it, um, but yeah, you are correct. Technology the the way people interface with technology is much different, and it's really more about what the the programmer incentivizes versus what you're trying to do. Um, so yeah, that was a very good question. Um, hey, y'all, y'all, I'm glad that we, we weren't drinking this week because y'all, right, y'all hitting them. Y'all boy. trying to make us think. Yeah. Um, David Santiago wants to know what's oh, the damn. best. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best <laughs> concert you've ever attended? Oh, okay. <clears throat> the date was December 5th, 1993. I attended a concert um, with Souls of Mischief. Oh, shit. De La Soul and a tribe called Quest at a uh, a place that was formerly known as Rockefeller's West on Richmond, which later became Peter's Wildlife, T-Town, 2000. Oh, T-Town. And then whatever else it became after that. One time for all my millennials in T-Town. <laughs> Uh, this particular show stuck with me more than any other show in life because this is the show that made me realize that even, even though my dude, Mike and I had already, you know, started a rap group, Mm -hmm. seeing this show and seeing my three favorite groups at the time in one place, front row made me realize that I wanted to do music and what 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 made it extra special for me in particular yeah. was that at the end of the show, which, you know, A Tribe Called Quest was already my favorite group, period. As, as the show was over and people were dispersing, I noticed that the artists were still on stage unpacking their equipment. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to meet them. Fate be damned. I got up on stage. Nobody said anything. Walked over to Fife, dapped them up. And then, hey. and then my boy, uh, my boy Mike got on stage with me. He's like, "Oh shit, let me shit. If you get up there, I'm getting up there." Um, went up to Q Tip. Q Tip looked at me, said, "Hey man, 
good to see you, man. Thank you for coming out. And gave me, like, the biggest hug ever. And Mike thought that me and Q-Tip knew each other. So he was like, dog, what? what? I was like, right. no, he was just. But, like, the the level of appreciation that, that yeah. they had for um, people actually, from people way down here in Houston, Texas. Yeah. Enjoying their music, you know. And then I met Ali Shahid Mohammed. And, you know, afterwards, we just kind of went, we just kind of hung around. And in the backstage area, which was technically outside the building, Souls of Mischief was standing out there with uh, with Maceo of De La Soul. Okay. And we were out there talking to them for about an hour. Mm-hmm. This was Souls of Mischief's first tour ever. And they were just, they were just talking about the experience of being on tour. And, but what was, what, again, the things that stuck with me most about that show outside of, you know, seeing a show by my three favorite groups at the time right. was the fact that I actually got to be around them in, in a way that was non-invasive and not groupy. Like, like yeah. it, it was just kind of like we were all just kind of kicking back or whatever when it was time for them to go to their, to their bus. Like, all right, y'all thank you. Thank you guys for coming out here. You guys did a great show. Yeah. Whoop de whoop. We're leaving. And to that day, that show has stuck with me. There have been Shit. many other very good shows, but December 5th, 1993, yes, I'm old, is, you know, my shit. Wow. Uh, uh, clap, white people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good one. I, my mid-ass my mid answer, I went, uh, most of my, <laughs> I, went to, I went to Hard Knock Life Tour. Um, also hard. Wonderful show. Also hard. Wonderful show. Um, I didn't meet anyone. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. I'm I'm still kind of sure I wasn't supposed to be there. I was, in, I was in high school. Um, I definitely got in the Hard Knock Life tour. That was a good show. Um, wow, yeah, that's way back, back when I had the fro. Um, and ex maestro Xavier Hunter wants to know. Who would you put on a posse cut for a mixtape, and what beat are they riding on? Hip hop, hip hop, <laughs> hip hop. Uh, they're giving you all the good ones this today. Oh, this is for me uh, today. Well, I mean, it wasn't specifically for you, but I don't know what beat. But if we're talking about today in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. I would like to hear a song featuring Kendrick Lamar. See, we, we, we're of the same mind. Jid. Oh. Since they're damn near the same person. Basically. Um, Buster Rhymes. Oh. He would go last. Uh, Let me throw in one more person. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to piss y'all off. Uh-oh. Rapping Drake. Hell yeah. Rapping Drake. We're of the same mind, bro. I, we're, I'm, I'm right there fucking with you. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Because mine is basically, oh, well, what beat? I, I, now that, I, I, I couldn't even. I already know for I me. Even. Uh, Kendrick. Fonte, rapping Drake, but like comeback season Drake. 
with the look with the with uh with the even all over and the and the little curly part. Nah, I want I want Petty taking out Meek Mill Drake. Oh shit. <laughs> um and let's see, and comeback Drake and probably Yeah, I think that's I think that's I that qualifies that qualifies as a good posse cut. Yeah. And over four men. We have Ooh. played the, we yeah. I, we have played this on the on the podcast before. Yeah. Um Randall is close is is, is closely associated to the production of a song yeah. called Four Men from uh what was it? Tanya Morgan. Um Okay. Oh, K from the K from the foundation. Yep. Uh didn't it cause did the cause did the beat, right? E- well, King Cause. King Cause. Him, him and Midas. Him and Midas, yeah. Um we'll we'll we're gonna play that on Patreon for y'all one day. Um Midas wanted me to redo that song over that beat. And I said, nah, I can't do that, man. I did you did say you would almost I, got on that beat. I can't I can't. I can't it was, do that. It was it, it, that was a nasty. That's a nasty beat, I was bro. To be on it, man. Oh man, still hurt. So, um, that was some that was some good listener letters. Thank you guys. I'm glad I took the time to read all this. Uh, look at y'all being engaged. That's what I'm talking about. Um, opinionswhileblack at gmail dot com. That's where you need to be to get at us. Um, opinionswhile uh, opinionswhileblack dot com. Also, many ways to get in touch with us via the social medias and whatnot. Time for the top three STFUs. Mm. Who are the three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Shut the fuck up! So rude. We have a runner-up. Runner-up is Kanye Omari West. We try not. I try not to put Kanye in the rundown too often um, because he's one of those people that we, culturally speaking, has outlived his relevancy where we have just have to be talking about him. Mm-hmm. I think he's outlived that with that in mind, Kanye West is on one um, harassing, harassing and arguing and um, screen capping his arguments with Kim Kardashian and putting them on, uh, putting them on social media for us to see. Um, now he's arguing. Last I checked, now Randall has said there have been developments since what I saw. He was arguing with Kim about what school the kids were going to go to, and he said, "Y'all not going to put me in. Y'all not going to put my babies in no in no school like that. Um, you you don't get a say because you half white and uh, some shit uh, and some other shit about. Uh, it was a lot. <clears throat> it was a lot of bullshit, and Kim very much asked him to stop talking about her mother and she don't like being in this shit. She's 67. Um, I want somebody to research that number. Uh, I don't buy that. Think she's older. Yes. Um, yeah. She's 67 in plastic surgery years. (laughs) That face is like 20. No, <laughs> that face that because that's like four faces ago. Now. I think whenever you have plastic surgery in the face, it automatically locks you in <laughs> at, <laughs> at like a generic forty-five to fifty years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of bullshit. And my thing with Kanye is that 
and somebody put it on Twitter, put it better than I could. But if you want to be fighting with your woman, you're not the first person on social media to be fighting with your woman publicly. You're not going to be the last. I get it. Leave black people out of it. Because now every time he wants people on his side, he wants to invoke blackness. Oh, um, you, oh, I'm saving my kids from these white women. And, and then slut shames her. It's like, my kid's not going to be on doing Playboy. My kid's not going to be on doing sex tapes and shit. And it's damning when you rejected a black woman and basically besmirched a black woman's name to get with this woman in the first place, had married her, had kids with her, and now that it's not going your way, suddenly you want to invoke blackness and invoke race into the situation to get us on your side because you're out here acting like a fucking runaway slave. Uh, no. No. You did this. You got to stay over there. And if you want to be falling out with her about all that, that sounds like shit that co-parents have to fall out about. Leave us culturally out of that shit. Yeah. Because you only address us when you need people on your side for public opinion and when it's time to sell something. So fuck off. Shut the fuck up! Number three is Stacey Dash. <sighs> Stacey Dash wanted us to know very badly that she just learned that DMX died. So she filmed herself crying. Um, my first reaction was I didn't know Michael Jackson and DMX had that much of a relationship but, no, apparently that was Stacey Dash, who's had quite a bit of work done, um, who has had quite a bit of bleaching work done. Um, no. My response to Stacey Dash doing this is the same response that I have every time to Stacey Dash trying to use these things as a cultural Trojan horse <laughs> to get back on the culture's good side. No. No, we're not doing that. No, I don't. And one, I don't buy that, that you just found out. Second of all, fuck you for invoking DMX's name in trying to get in trying to get back in good with the culture. That's all these ever. All, that's all these things ever are, because it's the only times we ever hear from you. People have to understand that. Um, the, our 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 willingness to accept you back is directly proportionate to how fine you still are. <laughs> and let's, let's be real about that. Uh, Stacey Dash, at least in my book, used to be top moderately two, fine. Top, top three at one point. Agreed. In the clueless years, she was like top. She was definitely oh, top she three was to five for me. Clueless years, yes. Past that was insurmountable. There, there was never a question of what where she was on every young man's list then. Yeah. Like she had she had all niggas in a chokehold yeah. for a while. Yeah. I haven't fucked with Kanye or Stacey Dash in years. And to this day, my favorite moment in music video history is Stacey Dash is the image of Stacey Dash running for the plane. Yeah, if 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 Stacey Dash was still on that level today, at the very least, I'd be like, ah, we got to hear both sides. <laughs> <laughs> but 
because she has fallen off as far as she has. Nah, fam. Nah, fam. It's, nah. And it's fucked up when they fall off that bad. Because, you know, when, I'm telling you, when the white people get a hold of them, they just yeah. get less fine. I said this before. Paula Patton has gotten drastically less fine now that we know she can't season chicken. Yeah, that also, that also, uh, yeah, that also factors in as well. That's, that's unfortunate. Now I'm kind of like Robin thinking ever. He can't, but no. you know, I'm just saying. But yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're going to, if you're going to fall out of favor with the black community, uh, you, you at least got to be fine. And she doesn't have that going for her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And she fell off hard, so it's kind of like no. Yeah, no. she she like she fell on her sword hard. She doubled down. Like yeah, yeah. she was Damn, ten man. toes down for the for for Fox News, so she can kind of fuck off too. Uh, Stacey Dash got to go ahead and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Number two is Chris Rock. Really? This one, this one hurts, man. Because for me, Chris Rock was one of those like. He was one of the like he was one of the bending like like if you watch uh, Last Airbender he's one of the bending masters for me of comedy him and like Eddie Murphy and a couple other people Chris Rock has been very shitty in the in the aftermath of Will Smith slapping the shit out of him um these little sneak disses and this little backdoor man and now. Um, basically he said he won't be coming back to the Oscar, to host the Oscars because he said it was going back to the Oscars where Will Smith slapped the shit out of him, uh, was akin to Nicole Brown Simpson. What was it? Going back to the scene of the crime or having that last dinner dinner before, before she, you know, OJ caught her being murdered by someone who isn't OJ, according to OJ. Um, That's not cool. The fact that he, in his head, sees himself as a murdered white woman because a nigga slapped the shit out of him because he was talking loose about his wife says everything you need to know about why it's time to stop fucking with Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. Chris Rock doesn't see himself see Chris Rock doesn't see himself as Chris Rock the black man who has um, who has a foothold in the who has a cultural footprint with us that comparison tells me that Chris Rock saw himself so close to whiteness and so close to his white friends that he could never be accosted that way Chris Rock himself said ain't nobody above an ass whooping and he got to keep that same energy. And the fact that you see yourself so close to whiteness that you couldn't be defeated, no matter how fucked up the shit you say is. Because only white people feel like there are no consequences for the things they say. Or rich black people. Niggas always know they can get the shit slapped out of them. And for me... That alone, I'm ten toes down again. I stand with Will Smith. Some people need the shit slapped out of them. Desperately. And it's it's bullshit like this that just reminds me that women want us to go to therapy. 
and many of us need to. And the other part of it is that Chris Rock doesn't really show any reflective moments. Like, he doesn't seem reflective about any of this shit at all. Like, Will Smith, whether you believe his apology, whether you believe what he said after, after the fact or not, Will Smith at least appears to have done some self-work and some reflection in the aftermath of slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. Yeah. Chris Rock hasn't done any self-reflection as to what led up to all of that. Because he is ten toes down on all this shit. So for me, Chris Rock got to sit down for a fucking minute. He's saying the wrong things to me. He, he I really do think he is. And I don't ne- usually believe in the, the term playing victim. But I believe if, if that's a thing, Chris Rock is definitely doing it. So he got to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up! And the number one person who's asked to shut the fuck up is none other than Sean Corey Carter. Also known as Jay-Z. Hove Wyland. Hove is fucking wildin' this Young. time. So he was, on, he was on Clubhouse or Twitter Spaces. I don't know the difference anymore. It's The Rock. Um, basically lecturing about his take on capitalism. Yes. And more or less... He considered the word that people would, the way people use the word capitalist as akin to the N word. Hove did. And that alone, that alone is enough reason to shut the fuck up. But it's damning because Jay Z keeps, like, Jay Z keeps trying to invoke. Over 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 the time of his career, he's always invoking these black leaders and these black revolutionaries, um, in in culturally in his raps, in, throughout his career, like Fred Hampton say. Mm-hmm. But niggas like Fred Hampton admitted to the evils of capitalism and everything that, and everything he did in his approach to black liberation was subverting capitalism. And his feelings were that if you galvanize the people and they're and pool our resources enough, you didn't have to play the capitalism game. Because the people and the community provided. Jay-Z has enough resources, has access to enough information to be smart enough to know that. And I know he knows that. So him lionizing capitalism the way he does and making it a race issue, which in some ways it is, but not the way he framed it. Calling a rich, calling a rich black person a capitalist, comparing that to the N-word is a non-starter. So I don't, I don't, know, I don't know why people are so taken aback by Jay-Z saying this. Nearly everything that he's talked about since 1996 has been his own version of the prosperity gospel. It's true. And it's just as he gets richer, his, his, his dialogue fits where he is at the time. And once he reaches billionaire status, then of course he's going to be defensive of being a billionaire. And, and he takes exception to being called a capitalist, and he sees it as a dirty word now because now he's one of them. 
Right. He's one of the ones that you're calling the capitalist. It's 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 a common ploy to to justify your position by no longer associating yourself with the derogatory term or something that's derogatory that that that's being used for it. Like he still he always he he does subtle brags about coming up from selling dope to where he is now. But You're right. Would, but would take exception to being called a drug dealer. That's true. You know? You're right. But you you also brag about being that. He raps about hyper capitalism and every you know every once and now and again he'll sprinkle in you know shit about you know economic empowerment and yeah. and and entrepreneurship. This is the guy. This is, is the guy who is having crypto classes in Brooklyn, by the way. Yeah, and you know he he he's but a lot of it. A lot of what he talks about is hyper capitalism and bragging about it. Shit, he just did a four a four minute verse on Khaled's album, uh, basically bragging about how he made other people rich and and being hyper capitalist. Correct. And for someone to call him that, and for him to be insulted, is damning. Oh well. Fuck off. Nigga. Don't give a fuck. And you invoke people like Malcolm X. Malcolm X was very loud and proud in reminding you people that celebrities should not be fucking leaders. And also, should never, celebrities should not be community leaders because they've already been bought and sold um, by white spaces. I'm tired of people saying whatever word is the new N-word. There has never been a more destructive or divisive word in the English language than the N-word. And and nothing is a close second. Correct. Nothing is the new version of that. Nothing has the impact of that. So stop. Agreed. Because because when it's when it comes to comparing people to Hitler, correct. There's no disagreement, and nobody is more Hitler than Hitler. Nothing is more nigger than nigger. Hardy are damn. You- that hard ER did kind of sting. Did it though? Damn. I felt a little guilty. Damn, you sounded a little racist there, sir. <laughs> damn. All that to say, uh, Sean Corey Carter has finally, sh- well, he is not finally, but Sean Corey Carter is finally being completely apologetic um, of his true colors. And I see why the hive hates him now. Uh, he got to shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It's your boy. Yeah. Woman, do sorry. Um, D. Randall, have we done a podcast? We have. We actually have. Yes, I'd, I'd call this a productive podcast. At that, I think it was a very good and productive podcast, and also somewhat out of pocket. Oh man, come on! <laughs> it wouldn't be us. I'm like, Oosh. guys, thank you so much. I am always so grateful to be here. Um. Uh, we got, I mean, it, it's, it's September. It's Virgo season. I don't know what any of that means other yeah. than it's Beyonce's Beyonce. birthday coming up. Or wasn't it Beyonce's birthday today? Oh, I don't know. I think it was Beyonce's birthday today. I don't today. know when her birthday is. Um, she dropped a track list for the new, for the new album. Um, the, the, the big highlight is that Grace Jones is on the album. Wait, are we talking about? The same album, or she got another album coming out? It, it's, it, well, it, it's part two. Oh, yeah, Grace Jones is going to be on. Grace Gra- Jones wasn't on. The Grace album? Jones and Thames. It's okay. an interesting combination. Okay, I mean, I I, I wonder this generation. Grace Jones has his generation in a chokehold. 
I would argue that. I'll tell you a funny story one day about hmm. that. Um, we're going to get out of here. I'm starving. It's time for Sunday dinner. And then House of the Dragon. Yes. Uh, it's lit so far. It's lit. Uh, Matt, Smith, uh, Matt Smith's character don't give a fuck. Um, Rings of Power was good, too. They, you see, I, you can see every bit of that money. Yeah, I, I start. I've I made it about halfway through the first episode of the Ring it's of long. Power. Huh? It's long. It, it's long. That and first episode. And also, I don't, I don't think I can watch both it and Game of Thrones at the same time. Yeah, I think I'm going to wait until the the season of Game of Thrones is over okay. to, to watch Rings of Power. Because fair enough, I'm like, I, I, wait, they got dragged. They got you dragons. Could, you could that they, they and the, I, yeah. I saw, and I start and I I found myself comparing the two, and I'm like, yeah. nah, let me not do that. You can see where all the money went. I'll tell you that. Yeah. That's the most money they've ever spent on on a show, and yeah. you can see where every bit of it went. Billion, uh, like a billion dollars, almost. Show. Yeah, like a hundred, like a hundred mil. Just, you see every every bit of that shit. Bezos out here. <sighs> Damn, a fuck. Anyway, um, we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. Y'all know what y'all know what it is. It's always been an honor and a pleasure. Um, this has been episode 195 yep. of Opinions While Black. I have been Oz. D. Randall. As always, forever imparting titties. Big ass titties. Bye, niggas.